my name is Stan Hayes, and I'm the co-founder and CEO of Operation Barbecue Relief. So what inspired you to start uh, Operation Barbecue Relief? Yeah, so that's a great question. You know, um, really, it was out of, you know, somewhat the idea of barbecue giving back after the uh, Joplin tornado. So in, in 2011, you know, we're sitting there watching this tornado hit a community about two and a half hours south of us. Uh, where we had a lot of friends that we competed with and and just a community that's quite close to home. And, you know, the idea was, you know, who better than a bunch of competition barbecue guys that go set up in a parking lot to compete against each other to come together and just start feeding as many people as we could. And, uh, you know, myself and uh, one of the other co-founders sort of rallied the troops um, through social media and and such to start getting people to come there, start getting some donated product. And really, it was, uh, I mean, a, a lot of uh, a lot of stars aligned of getting people that wanted to give back and, and saw the vision of, hey, why not us? Um, and, uh, you know, we ended up having a bunch of barbecue competitors, but a lot of judges, enthusiasts, people that just, you know, we had people that just wanted to give back to their community and didn't know how show up and say, hey, can I help? And that was what started, you know, what I'd say the movement, if you will. Um, what we found out, though, was that there was a big gap that existed, you know, from the time a major disaster happens till the time the larger sustaining organizations that will be there for the weeks, months, years ahead. Right. can get there. We can come in pretty quickly, set up barbecue pits, put meat on, start cooking and and provide that comfort, you know. Barbecue is quintessential comfort food. So being able to give something more than just a, you know, a cold cut sandwich or something like that. And, and you know, make sure that people felt the love and that they are not forgotten is really what ended up happening. I can't say that we went there with that idea that it was going to happen. You know, that's the end result of it. Um, but, you know, we left Joplin and, and after what was going to be four or five days ended up being 11 days of cooking food what was going to be four or 5,000 meals. And it ended up, you know, somewhere approximately around 120,000 meals that we cooked at from a parking lot. Whoa, and, you know, that's, that's impressive. It, it It's, it's just, you know, I mean, it just kept coming and people kept bringing more food and more companies started helping out. And it just, that, that, you know, that want to help and give back um, became so prevalent and, you know, 11 days later, we're leaving that parking lot. And about, you know, about mm, a week after that, we filed paperwork to, you know, start a nonprofit. And and the three co-founders, we got together with some of the other core people that were there and said, hey, what, what do we want this to look like? You know, what, what do we want this organization to do? And, you know, then we started that arduous process of filling out IRS paperwork and all that crap. But we, we got to a point that, you know, it, it it grew and it started growing and it started seeing the results of helping after disasters and what that hot barbecue meal meant to people and, and seeing, you know, seeing the, the looks on their faces, see, you know, the comments that they would give were just inspiring to not just us, but to the volunteers that came out, you know, now you're giving purpose to people and how they can give back to community and finding ways to, to make a difference while, you know, people that are reeling from what happened to them 
um, are able to, you know, feel the love, you know, um, I had a lady in Joplin uh, tell people that, you know, one of the biggest impacts on my life was a little old lady that when she thanked me, I said, ma'am, it's just a pulled pork sandwich. And she's, she's sitting there crying. And she said, it's so much more than that. You didn't forget about us. You thought of us, you loved on us and you came here. And it's so important that we thank you for giving us a little bit of normalcy, giving us something that we didn't have, you know, and sure it's a pulled pork sandwich, but it just means so much more. And, and that's, that was the first time it started sort of clicked, right? That it's, it's, it isn't just a pulled pork sandwich, you know, you know, that's why we now call it the healing power of barbecue. You know, it is what barbecue can do. And uh, you start getting in the clinical side of things where, you you know, the smells of barbecue and smoke and things like that, bring you back to your backyard and those, those moments with your friends and family around the grill and around barbecues and around festivities. And it's just, it's one of those things that draws people. Um, You know, there's very few foods in the world that bring people together the way barbecue does. From celebrating weddings and graduations and other, to celebrating life, to, you know, being able to do that full circle uh, of of life, really. And uh, it's one of those that transcends it all. I mean, cultures and everybody has their own way of barbecue really out there. And so it's, it's a, it's a neat way for us to be able to give back during disasters. And, and that's been our bread and butter, right? I mean, you know, really when you look at it, that's what most people know us for, but you know, our movement is, is far, far beyond that at this point, you know, you know, last year was our biggest year, 2022, you know, over a million meals in, in 2022, 865,000 of them in Southwest Florida um, alone after Hurricane Ian. But it was in less than 100 days for the year. So, you know, about four years ago, we started looking at this and going, what do we do outside of disasters? How do we make an impact the other 200 and, you know, 50 odd days a year in communities for people. And we really let our volunteers tell us what they wanted to do, how they wanted to help. And uh, um, that was about six, seven years ago, we started looking for ways to keep our volunteers active. We spent too much time and effort training them to have a slow year right. to just lose them to somebody else. Right. And, and really what they ended up about over nine times out of 10, they came back with either, hey, I want to do something for our first responders. I want to do something for this guard unit, this reserve unit that's been called up, that's going to this place for our veteran community here. And, you know, that, that's what we want to do. And so we thought, well, you know, we did this for a few years and we thought, you know, we really need to solidify this into a program, you know, of what we're going to do. And, and so we thought, who better than us? to put together a little barbecue class and give life skills to those people and brand awareness of the organization there in their community. And, and God forbid, if there's a disaster in their area, maybe they'll come out and volunteer with us with those new skills that, that we've given. Yeah. And so we started doing barbecue classes and, and we did our pilot year was 2019. And we had, we had a, we had a full year, almost 24 events put together on the books throughout the year of 2020. 
and three of them happened <laughs> right <laughs> with with covid and it's been a slow start coming back from that but we continue to do stuff and we continue we've morphed it into a one day class we've morphed it into some online classes you know focusing on different groups out there to where you know one of the the best ones that we really don't talk about enough is is that we do we've done some gold star family yeah online camps right um where it's you know we 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 send a, a list out of hey you need to have these items and it doesn't matter if it's charcoal grill a gas grill whatever you want to cook on you got to have that too and you know let's face it most of the time these gold star families it is the wife is the spouse that's you know survived and if you think about the percentage of the time that it's you know the male is the husband is the one who perished it's about the same amount of time of who used to grill at the house right about that same percentage so now you're giving skills back to the family that they can do and we've had you know not just not just the wives but some of the older kids get involved to want to be part of that and being able to give back and all of these things continue to you know morph until we one day had a Fortune 50 company said, hey, we're doing this thing. We're looking for organizations to think differently about their programs. We'd like you to think differently and maybe present it to us and see, you know, and we're like, oh, hey, this is a great opportunity. <laughs> and, and I had this harebrained idea years ago about creating some sort of a camp, a barbecue camp or something like that, you know, whether it was a campground or something. And so we we basically built out what a camp would look like, focusing on first responders veterans, military members, and their families. And, and the genesis behind it is, is you look out there and there are so many programs for veterans to help with the physical or emotional injuries. There's lesser, but there's still a lot for the first responders, but, you know, they're 10 years behind the military in normalizing emotional injuries. Right. But when you start looking at families including the families, the ones that have gone through just the same amount of anguish as the, the service member that is suffering. I mean, they're suffering too. There's very, very few organizations percentage-wise that actually include the entire family in their program to bring them out and try to rebuild those family bonds that have sort of been stressed because of the physical or emotional injuries. We got so much traction from talking to some of our sponsors and and potential sponsors and then our board of directors as well of what this camp could be. So, you know, we 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 started mining a little bit of that and started looking and and eventually found a, an amazing property on Lake of the Ozarks. I mean, it's 190 acres of woods and and short, you know, about 1600 foot of shoreline. Um, already has a huge log home on it that we call the lodge. And so, you know, we convinced the, I convinced the board to, to uh, look at it and we, we made some offers and, and ended up sealing the deal, um, purchased the property just a year ago. And our, our, our hope is, is that eventually we'll get to a point where we can have people nominate families online and give us specifics of why, you know, this family should be selected and things like that. But we're probably another year or so down the road. I want to, you know, I'm hoping that with these tiny cabins, we'll start getting things rolling by mid-year this year with some small weekend type camps, two to three day camps, um, some overnight stuff. 
to where we got to perfect a four day camp before we start doing a seven day camp, right? Where we start doing these bigger things. But, you know, if we do this and the disaster work now, you know, for me, what I see is, is that what we do on a daily, weekly, monthly basis becomes a much bigger thing than just being a very reactionary organization jumping in when a yeah. disaster happens. We can be very purposefully driven during the rest of the time of the year. So it's 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 a push and pull, but it, it's it's bringing so many more people in that want to be part of the organization, not just from the disaster side, but those that want to help our first responders and, and, and our veteran community out there and really make sure that they're getting taken care of and their families are, are being taken care of. you ever think with uh barbecue it would be a launching off point to help many people whatever situation they're dealing with you know i'd, I'd love to say i was that smart but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm definitely you know th this definitely was more of a passion to want to give back and help and it's driven you know it, it's taken us places that none of us ever thought it would you know i mean we've got to cook at some amazing you know, locations, we've got to cook with some amazing chefs, we've got to cook with, you know, people that are passionate about giving back to, you know, our first responders, our veterans, the military communities. And in doing that together, it's, it's, it's a huge, what we're finding is there's a huge network out there. And I don't want to reinvent the wheel. I, I want to take what others have done and make it better or work with them. I mean, there's no reason that you're not you're not working. You know, uh, you know, Gary Sinise Foundation is, has been been a big supporter of ours. And, and we've done several of these. The Gold Star um, online videos have been with them. We've also done some in person with them. And, you know, we look at they're the inspiration for how we should help, you know, the Gold Star families. You know, when we start looking at elsewhere, you start looking at how we can have that impact, you know, throughout the year. I mean, yeah, it gets cold here, but we also know that in the wintertime when it's deer season and stuff, there's an opportunity to take some of these veterans or first responders hunting. But now take it a step further and let's do a field to table type of a class where we show them how to feed from field dress down to how to cook, you know, that deer or that turkey or whatever it is that we're hunting at that time. And it gives us an opportunity to showcase some of the chefs that come out and support us to have them come in and be part of it. So it's really about community. And I, I think that, you know, by putting them first and the community of growth first, it just continues to help us grow as an organization to do more. I mean, it's the most humbling thing to have somebody walk up to you with tears in their eyes and thank you or something you sort of take for granted in a pulled pork sandwich or a brisket sandwich or something like that, you know, something that, you, you know, you may do in your backyard, you know, a dozen times or more a year just for friends and family, but you now you're doing it for on a bigger scale. Um, but it, it really opens your eyes. It opens your eyes that, you know, to see that, you know, today I call that what's your why. So when I have some volunteer come up to me, and they've got tears in their eyes and they're like, you won't believe what happened today when I was out in the field handing out meals. 
and and they tell me their story of how that just they that that person just tugged or that family just tugged on their heart you know i'm like well you just found your why why you go spend your vacation time why you spend your own money why you spend your 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 time away from your family to go help somebody else you just found it you know um and i've got to experience seeing it firsthand many times you know um, where people break down and when they finally realize, man, this is, this is what's been missing. I mean, I can tell you, I never, ever thought of running a nonprofit organization. It wasn't, it wasn't something that I, that I aspired to do coming out of college. I, you know, um, you know, it's, it's so far away from really the corporate side of the world that I was in, but that passion helps drive you, you know, okay. and, and, and once I found that, once I found that, what I thought was the priority in life really wasn't the right priority that I was a little screwed up in what those priorities were. And I found that, man, you know, helping somebody is much more profound in what it can do for you and what it can do for them. All of a sudden things changed, you know, um, the corporate ladder wasn't quite as important to climb, you know, it wasn't, uh, um, you know, I, and I had a fantastic job and a fantastic career, um, you know, and, and the company I worked for still uh, to this day is one of our bigger supporters that we have as a sponsor, but, you know, it is now, how do you bring more of them along? You know, my yeah. goals are, you know, how, how do we grow to be, to make this more sustainable, to make this to where we're not reliant on a major disaster or disaster, you know, the disasters that happen, we know they're going to happen. You know, so let's be prepared for them. It's reactionary. We don't know where it's going to happen. It's it's one of the one of the hardships of what we did in just doing disaster work is no foundation really wants to give you a, a grant when you don't know when, where, how you're yeah. going to use the money. You know, and and as I used to tell them, man, man, if I could tell you when the disaster is going to happen, where it's going to happen, and how it's going to happen really probably don't need your money because I'm going to sell that to every insurance company, every actuarial company, every meteorologist out there because that is just not possible today. You know, so now you take the, the, what I call our blue sky day programs of our, our, you know, working with first responders and working with, you know, those groups and bring those all together now we're looking at, okay, I can tell you when when we're going to have camps and what those camps are and who are going to be attending those camps, right? And now it gives me a lot more of a base to go to those foundations, to go to, you know, to be a lot more programmatic and and thoughtful instead of a lot of reactionary. Where do you want to see the organization in the next five years? So the next five years, I, I would like to see that we are less reliant on, you know, revenue coming in from donations and, and sponsorships just for disaster to seeing that the camp and everything helps us flip that to where what we're doing on a daily, weekly basis in helping people from the camp aspect and, you know, that side, that that becomes the driver for it. The, the things that we can be very programmatic and, and about on, on the, you know, in a timely manner versus the reactionary side of the organization. I mean, 
in, in the next 10 years, my goal is, is that we're a sustainable organization that doesn't have to worry about, you know, a bad year of disasters. And when I say a bad year of disasters is a good year for the rest of the country. When you have an organization that's reliant on their program being reactionary during disasters, that means we spend too much time worrying about where the next one's going to be and whether or not it's going to be able to pay the bills, right? So we have to we have to sort of flip the model, you know, to make that make that change to where there's the quality between what we're doing and bring up that the what I call blue sky days because there's just so many more blue sky days anyway. Let's let's yeah. quit focusing on the negative of the gray and let's bring the blue skies in and how we can help more people. 